You're listening to Deal Talk with 7MA, providing invaluable insight into investment banking and the M&A space through honest conversations with industry thought leaders, business pioneers, and innovators. We'll pull back the curtain and give you the inside scoop on trends in our targeted industries and provide you the tools to better position your company in today's market. Happy New Year, everybody. My name is Steve Sipek. I'm a Senior Vice President at Seven Mile Advisors. And I'm very excited that you're able to join us here for our first 2023 episode of Deal Talk with 7MA. As we reflect on the past couple of years, it has certainly been an eventful period in the M&A world. Coming off a historic 2021, where M&A activity in the technology services space and the broader market was at all-time highs, 2022 introduced some challenges that we may not have expected heading into the year. Russia's attacks on Ukraine began the year on a difficult note, and the Fed sparked further caution as they aggressively drove interest rates higher following a prolonged period of near-zero interest rates. Nonetheless, Seven Mile Advisors had another strong year, closing 24 transactions and continuing the momentum we experienced in 2021. In today's episode, I'm joined by Seven Mile's co-founders, Leroy Davis, Andy Johnston, and Trip Davis, and they join us to share their perspectives on 2022 and offer outlook on what to expect in the year to come. Gentlemen, thanks for joining us today. Thanks, thank you. Leroy, why don't we kick it? We'll start it off with you. When you look back in 2022 from both a market and a firm perspective, what will you remember most? Well, from a market perspective, Steve, you you touched on it. We we encountered some macro geopolitical issues, particularly in Eastern Europe, Ukraine, et cetera, that, you know, for sure caused some problems in the industry, but I continue to be impressed by the resiliency of the IT services industry. We've been at this and serving that market since, I mean, I, I personally been doing it since before Y2K and to, and to see how the industry now reacts to, to, to turbulence is impressive. And the dot-com crash, this industry did not do so well. The 08 financial crisis, the IT services industry did not do so do so well, and and now the industry's been through the you know the COVID lockdown and now the the, the problems in Ukraine and it continues to do well. I mean the the, the public markets for sure the valuations have gone down, but our our clients their underlying business continues to do well. I mean we have examples of of clients with a lot of resources in Eastern Europe and Ukraine in, in particular where their revenue momentum remarkably has continued they definitely had cost burdens that they've endured but the loyalty of their clients to to hang on with them and support them through these periods and and the resilience resiliency of the consultants you know to keep working literally you know we hear stories even of them you know packing their families up in vans and they have laptops still like coding away and designing etc and so forth is really inspiring and as a firm, we, it's really an honor to serve an industry that it is people-based at the end of the day. I mean, it's technology, but we're the aspect of technology that we're dealing with are individuals that are coding software and doing digital engineering, all these cutting-edge things. And it's really nice to see that, you know, the human spirit just prevail during very turbulent times. And from a, from a firm perspective, it's been a real, very exciting evolution for us. You know, private equity has gotten very interested in the IT services industry over the past five, six, seven years. And along with that, we've recommitted to just our coverage and service to the private equity community that's 
investing into the space. So we've made some changes there, more changes in, changes in investments there in 2022, and we'll continue to do that in 2023. We think that's very exciting. And then we've all, you know, as the industry grows, the IT services industry grows and nuances, we're trying to, to be responsive and proactive to that. And we've had a sharper focus on our sector coverage as a firm. So now we have distinct groups of people, distinct pods of people that are organized around sectors like digital engineering and infrastructure and the hyperscalers, et cetera, and, and pockets or more nuanced areas like IoT, et cetera. And we think that, that that's really important in order for us to continue to, add, to provide relevant advice to our clients. So, you know, a sharper focus has, has definitely been the hallmark for us of, um, of 2022. Awesome. Thanks, Leroy. And, and certainly echo your comments around Ukraine as well. We've heard some, some fascinating stories that, uh, that have been very impressive and some of how resilient a lot of the, the individuals that have been affected uh, have been. You also you kind of hinted at uh, struggles that we've seen in public markets and venture capital valuations. There's been a lot of, of uh, public news and press on that. Trip, did you see the same kind of negative effects and downshift in, in middle market M&A over the past year? Great question from a lot of different angles. So, so the way we think about it is, although middle market M&A has certainly experienced headwinds in the form of volume, velocity, and value, the tailwinds of digital transformation have remained resilient. You know, the disruption of COVID exposed a lot of underinvestment across companies around the world and, and particularly in technology efficiencies. And so the service providers that are advising these businesses, implementing these technologies and managing these technologies have continued to grow. And so this continued growth has attracted private equity and strategic buyers globally. That competition uh, has increased the volume of M&A into these assets and these types of businesses. And so although there's certainly been a storm in the marketplace, the cove of said professional tech-enabled and outsourced services has experienced a relative calm uh, in this financial environment. So hopefully that will be uh, a sign of the times to come as well, and uh, we'll continue yeah, you know, bringing good deals to market and getting them closed with high quality buyers. Yeah, and, and Andy, another headline we read a lot about was uh, the Fed pretty aggressively raising interest rates, and and it appears the years of of cheap money are are behind us at least in the near term. Did you see that play through in valuations at all? It, it is interesting uh, to see some of the impacts. So. I think we could say at this point, there's a pretty high correlation between that and where public equities trade, the overall public stock market. And anytime the stock market pulls back, I think it, it definitely has an impact on a buyer's you know, attitude towards valuation. Certainly, if you're already publicly traded, you have a very hard time as a board paying a higher multiple than your stock trades at without a lot of business case rationale and implied growth. No one likes a dilutive deal. But probably more importantly, if you're a, a private company or private equity backed, um, where I saw probably the biggest impact was at the higher end of the market. So call 500 million and above enterprise value. You know, I think those deals definitely are sensitive to uh, using an amount of debt that is sensitive to the interest rate environment. And I do think they pull back or there's some deals that just won't transact when they don't see access to low uh, cost debt to facilitate those deals. But you know, below 500 million, certainly below 250 million, 
Not as much, because one, one thing that is true is that for private buyers and private equity buyers, you know, they have raised significant amounts of capital. They need to deploy it. Um, we saw some funds that were fine to just wait until interest rates come back down to apply debt and just use their equity to finance transactions. And because some of those larger companies didn't transact, they still need to show growth. And one of the best ways they can do that is with strategic acquisitions. So when you still have a process that produces multiple bidders, multiple buyers, um, that still, in our experience, results in a good valuation. But yes, I think it definitely did materialize itself, I'd say almost in the fact that you can't just assume every buyer is going to have a lot of headroom. They can always increase their offer because they see the overall market uh, being very bullish. So I think that we, we did see it, but if you were in the right spot and you had a good asset you're taking to market, um, we still felt very good about the valuations that were showing up on deals. Got it. Got it. And and Leroy, you know, Trip alluded to tech services being pretty resilient in uh, in the, the M and A world. Obviously, there's it's a broad umbrella, the technology services space. Were there particular areas that you saw, you know, hold up better than others, or even you know, gain further interest compared to some of the other industries within the space? For sure, bright spots for us, from our perspective, include digital engineering, software product development, certainly security. A uh, few people these days want to reduce, want to reduce their security budgets. So that's very resilient. The hyperscalers such as AWS and Microsoft and G GCP, we've seen those folks really convert the IT services spend into more of a utility spend. I mean, it's just like a monthly spend that enterprises are used to paying. I'm not even sure if they all know how much they're paying these days. So, you know, if you want resiliency and, and predictable revenue, that's really emerged as a, as, a, as a nice place to be. And then I mentioned earlier, IoT, it's still a, um, a relatively small spend, but it's growing. Just all of the interconnectivity of devices on the shop floor, that trend ain't, ain't going away anytime soon. So th those are some of the areas that we've seen that have held up well, and our bet is they hold up quite nicely over the next three to five years. Got it. Makes sense. Uh, and Andy, we've we've recapped 2022 pretty well here. Time to look forward and, and, and see what 2023 has in store. You know, I've, I've spoken with a lot of business owners out there that are wondering, you know, what 2023 will hold in the technology services M&A market in particular. Any expectations for you over the next 12 months? And is there any advice you'd give to the business owners out there who are beginning to consider a transaction in the near future? Yeah, I think it's a great question. I think some things we can comfortably predict is that there's some attributes of a company that have consistently been important to buyers and, and maybe are more emphasized now than they were 24 months ago. Path to profitability is important. A history of EBITDA and positive EBITDA is probably more important to buyers now. So, you know, some people, they're growing very quickly. They come to us saying, gosh, what's more important, another dollar of revenue or another dollar of EBITDA as I map out how to grow this business? There, there was a time where we could say pretty comfortably, just go for revenue. Like the, the EBITDA can come later. If you show really strong revenue growth, you're going to get rewarded for that. I think more people now are focused on EBITDA. So I would say for the next 12 months, that's going to be true. And I'd look at the end market that your business sells into. So if it's viewed as you know comfortable tailwinds, driving growth, you're going to get a lot of interest because the rationale for buyers remains the same. They're trying to penetrate new client end markets or technology partnerships. Uh, we mentioned some of the ones that are sought after 
if you've built a critical mass of expertise in a technology ex, uh, ecosystem, buyers will reward that. That that for them drives growth. That's where they're trying to deploy capital. So we would say continue to focus on those sectors that are coming into demand. Um, as always, there are some emerging technologies that become mainstream or become more adopted at the enterprise level. And I think that's important to buyers, uh, as always, to try to buy into those trends. And I would also say reoccurring, if not recurring revenue. It's probably been more focused on that and probably will continue to be. Uh, and the last thing I'd point out is that, you know, we are in an interesting economic time where it seems like unemployment, at least in the U.S., is low. And that means the demand for expert services you know, needs to be fulfilled uh, any way buyers can find it. So that's going to mean uh, nearshore models, unique access to talent. Um, those are always important. That might be even more important for the next 12 months as companies look for ways, you know, if they're trying to cut costs but still have access to talent, they're going to turn to outsourcers and IT services companies that bring that talent and can show a way they can keep sourcing talent to scale their business. So those would be things I would focus on if uh, someone's contemplating a transaction in the next 12 months. Thanks, Andy. Trip, Leroy, I think Andy covered a lot there, but anything you'd add? Well, we may have taken all the bullets, Steve, but what do you think is um, out there for us in 2023? Yeah, thanks for uh, throwing it back to the moderator here. I think it's certainly going to be a, a different market than what we've seen in 21 and, and into 22. I think buyers are, are really focusing and probably sharpening the pencils a little bit more on quality. And so, you know, those deals that are coming to market that are kind of gain continued attention really need to have the quality and a lot of the features that Annie just alluded to, right? Uh, recurring revenue, strong management teams, strong margins, strong growth trajectory. That's more of a focus here versus, you know, a market like we saw in 21 into 22, where really anything out on the market was gaining a lot of interest. So I think it's it's very important to know, you know, your business inside and out, um, know the potential of that business and be in a really strong place as you're thinking to come to market. But, you know, we've talked about it in this podcast. I think the technology services space as a whole continues to gain a ton of interest from both strategic and private equity buyers. And I do think we'll continue to be one of the more resilient parts of the M&A market. And so um, look forward to seeing what 23 has to hold. You know, it's never a dull moment in this space. And I think we're we're pretty well positioned to continue to uh, to grow and capitalize on them. Good stuff. So Trip, let's let's talk a little bit about Seven Mile in particular in, in 2023. What can we expect from Seven Mile? More of the same, any changes, anything you'd like to highlight as we go forward? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, as as most know, Seven Miles has always been a technology and service company specialist, and we've led with proprietary research. I think one of the things that you'll see in 23 is that over the last few years, we've really professionalized and what I call is weaponized um, that approach to sector coverage. Both Andy and Leroy have mentioned some of the discrete subsectors that we're now staffing dedicated banker teams to, from partner down to analyst, to build out things like market maps and landscapes and value drivers and top 50 private company lists and next 100 add-on lists and so on and so forth. And so I, I think as you see that dedicated effort continue to gain uh, both depth and momentum, that uh, it'll just be that much more fun. Uh, getting to know companies and, and and pitching for their for their business going forward. In addition to that, we we've also 
professionalized our approach to sponsor coverage. You know, we built a lot of bridges over the years, and now it's really about bringing value to those relationships. We're doing so through these sector cover teams. We're doing so through um, just a very dedicated effort from the top down. So we, we brought in a sponsor coverage managing director. We've grown our business development team. Uh, Steve, you've been a great, a great part of that evolution. And so what I see going forward into 23 is a continued growth of the firm, continued growth of our customer base, and a continued evolutionary effort of moving deeper into the portfolios of trusted private equity, friends, funds, and the boardrooms of prospective clients. Very exciting. Well, certainly a lot to look forward to in 2023. Leroy, Andy Tripp, this has been awesome recap in 22 and looking looking ahead. Anything I missed? Any closing comments before we wrap up here? I think you did great, Steve. Thanks for pulling us together. Awesome. Thank you. Well, thanks, everybody, for listening to our, our first 2023 episode of Deal Talk with 7MA and, uh, and look forward to more to come. Have a great year. Thanks, guys. Thank you for joining us on this episode of Deal Talk with 7MA. You'll find more information and resources based on today's discussion exclusively on our website. If you're looking to dive deeper into today's topics, head to 7mileadvisors.com to speak to one of our bankers today. That's the number 7, M-I-L-E-A-D-V-I-S-O-R-S.com. 7M Securities does not make any investment recommendation for any company or security that was discussed, nor does the firm offer any tax advice. Consult your tax advisor for any tax matter that might apply to you or your business. 